Welcome again to week two of the Dublin First Baptist Women's Ministry podcast. We're discussing the Sermon on the Mount, and if you have already listened to our, we um, we kind of talked about the how Jen Wilkins does a study, and we kind of set up a little bit of what what we're going to talk about a little bit. Welcome to Dublin First Baptist Church's Women's Ministry Podcast, where we're linking arms to treasure Jesus Christ, love others, and reflect His heart in our homes, church, workplace, and community by fulfilling God's unique purpose for womanhood. Our vision is to individually and collectively equip, encourage, and produce passionate women who treasure the name of Jesus Christ through Christ-centered, biblically-focused discipleship and cross-generational mentorship within the walls of Dublin First Baptist Church and beyond. We hope you enjoy today's show. So we're going to start with a little introduction. And if you have your book, the questions are on page 28. If you want to follow along kind of what with what we're going to be doing, it says here, describe your most memorable encounter with someone who is famous and or wealthy, and how did you respond and why? Well, let's see. I, the only person I could think of, and I told Megan earlier, is um, I met Shirley Gilbert, who was the host of a morning show and I when I was in high was. school. So nobody's <laughs> going to know who that is. But she was a TV personality back in you know the 90s, it, local to our area, of course, because that was a Carolina in the morning. So it was a real early kind of news magazine show. Um, and uh, my high school choir got to sing happy birthday to her because we happened to be booked to sing um, on the show on her birthday. Um, so, yeah, I remember that. And I remember thinking, well, one thing about her um, is that, you know, you're used to seeing people on television. And I think because I was used to seeing her, you know, in this kind of box, when I met her in person, she seemed, you know, larger than life, just a really big personality and, and just physically seemed, I don't mean this in an ugly way, but, but large, yeah. um, just, and that's probably just because, you know, there was a certain amount of, I mean, I won't say that it was my life's ambition to meet Shirley Gilbert, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seeing, seeing her, um, in person, um, she was, she had a presence. Right about her. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I think that makes it memorable and stand out to me. I don't think I've met anybody else that was considered necessarily famous. Um, so Tommy um, and I, when we were at Sing, we've met several of the musical people that we just love and adore. mm -hmm. And, um, uh, one that I just will never forget was running into Ellie Holcomb in the hallway mm -hmm. during um, kind of like a time when it was like a downtime for us. And here she was in this hallway. And I remember being so just in awe because her music was such a, helped me when I was going through such a difficult mm -hmm. time. And um, I just had so much respect for her. And mm -hmm. I had followed her on Instagram for so long mm -hmm. that, and she, you know what was so amazing? Mm -hmm. Was she was so real and so kind and just like excited to meet me, mm -hmm. you know, and like 
I remember saying, can you please take a picture with me? And she was like, sure, I'd love to. And um, her, I'm going to call them handlers, <laughs> yeah. were trying to get her to go to her next thing. And she was like, walk with me and we can talk. And so I like walked along with her for a little while wow. while she was walking to an interview. But it, it was such a blessing just listening to her and her encouraging me as I was just trying to tell her what an encouragement she was to right. me. So um, I'll, I'll probably never forget that experience. It was pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. So, um, probably there's a lot of people that are listening don't know who Allie Holcomb is. If you don't know, <laughs> you should look her up. Like yes, her music definitely. is really good. Really, really, really good, really good music. So, um, so yeah. Um, so those, you know, those people that we perceive as famous or important, um, they do leave an impression yeah. on us. You know, our response to them is, is different than yeah. it is to, you know, just your common person. Yeah. Well, uh, based on day two study this week, why should we desire to be poor in spirit and mourn? So this is a good question. Yes. Um, and it was a really good study. And if you're in your book, it's page 17 and 18 and 19. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, just looking through, like, what did the Bible teach us about being poor? Recognizing the state of one's spiritual insufficient resources is kind of what I wrote for for a definition to be poor in spirit. It's recognizing that that we can't do anything in and of ourselves spiritually to become saved or to work on our um, sanctification. And when I think about it, like just realize it, when we recognize that, then the Holy Spirit can do so much more in our lives. Yes. Um, when I am broken over my sin, I have a much better relationship with the Lord than when I am prideful. And, and I... Pride is something I struggle with on a on a frequent basis. Right. You know, it's really easy to say you're sorry for something versus it's, you know, being truly mm-hmm. repentant mm-hmm. and being truly sorrowful. And that's definitely been something that... Yeah, and I, and I know that's something that, you know, a lot of us that are, are deeply into church culture and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and feel like we are, you know, you can fall into that trap of pride very easily because... We play that comparison game where we yeah. say, like, well, you know, I've been to church every Sunday and I read my Bible and I do, I'm doing all these things Check and I'm checking all these boxes. And I think we'll see as we get really deep into this study that the major emphasis that Jesus has throughout the Sermon on the Mount is that condition of our heart that yeah. it be in tune and that loving God first is is our first commandment, our, our most important goal, and that anytime we let pride get in the way, it's putting ourselves on yeah. his throne. And so this considering the poor now, of course, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into humility quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but um, freedom is found in dependence on God. Right. And right. so when we mourn and when we are, um, uh, when we are poor in spirit, when we come to God with that broken, uh, you know, humble um, mess that we are. That's when God can really work with us and, and make what he's trying to yeah. make out of us. As long as we're hardened and prideful, we are not going to be moldable clay. And it's not, it's not like a, 
woe is me, Eeyore, like yes. everybody's out to hate me. Or It's not that kind of poor yes. in spirit or mourning. It's that like, and what I love so much about it is when I truly am broken over mm-hmm. sin, that is when God can just pick me up and heal me and I can be so much more joyful. Yes. I can have so much more peace yes. in him. So it's not this like, sometimes we have this attitude like mourning over sin or being poor in spirit means that we have to be like sour pusses, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, you know, grumpy old Christian yes. people, but that's yes. not it at all. I mean, yes, there's a time and a place for lament and there's a time mm-hmm. and a place for that kind of, of reaction, but right. it's not the same. That's not exactly what. Right. God well, and there's about. a, there's sort of a paradox in the, in the verse itself. Whenever um, Jesus is saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. That word blessed means, on some level, happy. Yeah. So blessed are those who are poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Happy are those who mourn. Well, how are we yeah. working out that? Because it, it doesn't sound like it would work. Now, I do like um, the definition that Jason and Tommy mm-hmm. gave for blessed being satisfied. Satisfied, and yeah. I think that came from Aaron Coffey. Yes, I think, yeah. I think in my paraphrasing, I was using happy and secure, which is sort of the same yeah, thing. This, being completely satisfied. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. satisfied when we realize we can't do it on our own. Right. And, you know, honestly, isn't that so much like us? Yes. Like, we want to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and so being poor in spirit is sort of contrary to our nature. Because yes. our nature is, I got this. I'm going to pull myself yeah. up from my bootstraps and take on yeah. whatever issue I have. I'm going to fix myself. Mm-hmm. And, and we just we just can't. We can't mm-hmm. fix ourselves. And we need God. We need to be realistic about our sin and realistic about who we are and oh, authentic yes. with God. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, anytime we start thinking that you know, we can solve our problem ourselves, then we're going to be... <laughs> We're headed for a crash. Um, so, because, I mean, we're, we're made to need a Savior. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that we do yeah. if we'll release and let him, let him be our Savior. Right. And that's a lot of what this being poor in spirit and mourning is about. Yeah. How has recognizing your lack of spiritual resources been a blessing to you? And what role has godly grief played in your repentance? And then give an example of a time each of these two blessings has operated in your life. I think we've already covered a little bit of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yes, that, that godly grief that you were talking about, that brokenness mm-hmm. over sin, um, it is so important for us to be aware of where pride is creeping up, where right. you know our thought life is is so important, and it's not meant to be a situation where we're a slave to it because we've been freed. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we do need to be walking circumspectly and and thinking about how, you know, we are relating to God. And whenever I think about, whenever I think about this, this brokenness, I always go back to David Mm -hmm. and in the Psalms. And when he is confronted with his sin with Bathsheba in Psalm 51, he says, be gracious to me, God, according to your faithful love, according to your abundant compassion, blot out my rebellion. Completely wash me, wash away my guilt and cleanse me for my sin. For I'm conscious of my rebellion and my sin is always before you. Against you and you alone have I sinned. And that is the part that I always think about. Mm-hmm. Because our sin, 
that brokenness has to be because we realize we have sinned against a sinless God, against mm-hmm. a holy God. And, and yes, often our sin hurts other people because mm-hmm. we don't sin in a vacuum. Right. But ultimately, mm-hmm. we hurt God yes. when we sin. Right. And that, that brokenness is when David says, I am conscious of my rebellion. Mm-hmm. I am aware that I, I have done wrong mm-hmm. and I am broken over that sin. It's not the idea that, like we hear that word broken a lot, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we're all broken people. That's not the broken that this is talking about. This right. is the talking about that mourning right. over the fact that we messed up mm-hmm. and we sinned against God and we may have hurt other people. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I I look at that and I think of times that God has really worked in my heart. And honestly, you know, a really good example of this is when the coffee ministry came. Mm -hmm. And on Monday nights, his message, if you did not hear it, you should go back and listen to the podcast. I I told Lewis that everybody in the room just hobbled out of there. He walked all over our toes. It was so good. But Um, what he said about wanting our own way and who are we willing to sin against in order to get our own way. The next, very next day, I was sitting at the table with my kids during homeschool, and I was frustrated about something, and I lost my temper. And all of a sudden, those words came back to haunt me. Yes. Who are you sinning against because you want something that you're not getting? Right. And, and what I kept coming back to when he was talking about that is the, the idea of our hearts being divided. Mm-hmm. This idea that um, we want, on some level, to serve God, that that, that yeah. to be our aim. But at the same time, we want to serve ourselves, too. And we remember what Jesus said about serving two masters. We can't do that. We're showing hatred toward one or the other when we try to serve that way. And that is where that brokenness comes in. That's right. That's right. Understanding, like, when when I lost my temper and that question came into my head, it was then, it was like an immediate response. Right. Like, truly broken over what I did. And it was, I had to repent to my kids and I had to ask God to forgive me, but but that, that is the brokenness that right. God wants. It's to remind us that who am I sinning against? Right. Am I sinning against someone to get my own way? Mm-hmm. Am I sinning against someone because I, I don't care yeah. and I just want this thing? And right. so we need to be broken over it. Yeah. And so that's what I was just thinking, like a, a current example. Yeah. That was, that was so immediate. Yes. It was right after that message. Yeah. Well, I was thinking the whole time he was preaching that message, this is going to come, I'm <laughs> going to remember this. This is going to come back to haunt he me. He said it changed his so life. It I changed, think it changed everybody yeah, else's yeah. life, Yeah, and I've never, I've never heard, it, uh, for those of, the, of you that weren't there, um, it's from James 4 yeah. um, that he was teaching, and it, he really addressed that passage in a way that I had never heard it before. I don't know if I've ever heard it preached uh-huh. Yeah, that um, was just that was the first. Time. It was very so good. Very, very good. Maybe we can put link. Yeah, that, that would be wonderful. Into the show that notes. That would be wonderful. So if you wanted to go back and listen to it. Yeah. So we're gonna go on. On day three, question one said, based on Isaiah fifty-three, how did Christ perfectly demonstrate um, meekness? How did he perfectly? So what I have written here um, is he, by all accounts would have every right to be offended and retaliate, Mm -hmm. but he suffered in silence and humility. Um, So that's that's really, you know, 
how I, I picture that, that, you know, he had every power to yeah. resist. Yeah. But he did not. And not just every power, he had every right. Because every right. he had never done anything right. wrong. I know I've heard the definition, meekness is, is it power Strength under restraint? Is power under restraint. Strength under restraint. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's the perfect example. Mm -hmm. You know, I, and mine is very similar to you, my answer. Mm -hmm. But just talking about the hardship and the persecution that he suffered right. without any kind of retaliation. Right. So that, right. that really is where I see that. And then, um, if a meek person is someone who does not insist on a set of rights, how meek are you? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that question, I have to tell you, was really hard for me. Was it, was it easy yes, for you? <laughs> yes. Um, well, in particular, this, you know, what rights do you feel entitled to or take for granted in your home, church, workplace, or yeah. community? So I think one thing is, you know, we, you know, we're American. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were taught from such early age that we are endowed with, and I believe wholeheartedly that we are endowed with certain rights. Right, right. Um, and that all of humanity should be respected and have rights on mm -hmm. some, on, on certain levels. Um, so, yeah, um, I think we, we do feel um, certainly a sense of entitlement to certain things because, you know, well, and we are to, we right. are given some rights um, that, you know, we should certainly right. fight for. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, there are certain things that, that you wouldn't necessarily want to not fight for. Right, right. Um, you know, just the pro-life movement. Right. We we want to fight for that. We want to speak out for that. Right. We don't want to just let it happen. But this isn't talking necessarily about what's right. No. It's more of the entitlement. The entitlement, know? yeah. And, you know, we always joke about churches that have fights over what color the carpet is mm -hmm. and or whether we sing all hymns or we sing contemporary music or, um, you know, I don't know what color the paint choice was. <laughs> right. There's all kinds of things, but we we can all get that way. Mm -hmm. I know. I I mean, I can struggle with um, with we. You get set in your way. Like we always do it that way. And so um, when someone tries to change it, there for me, I have to remind myself that it's okay for it to change. And sometimes it takes me a few days. Mm -hmm. So kind of be like mm -hmm. it talks about the how can a sense of entitlement stifle your relationship with God and skew your perception of Him. I yeah. was kind of holding off on yeah. that, but right. But but you know we're talking about this entitlement, mm -hmm. and we're talking about the fact that it's a struggle to not mm -hmm. to not want your way, mm -hmm. and you want to to do do things your you know. And I have I have definitely failed in that often. And um, but when we start when we start acting that way, mm -hmm. then it can affect our relationship with God. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, because we you know we get so caught up in you know, well, I mean, it's, it's from a song, you know, how can I further your kingdom when I'm so caught up in mine? Mm -hmm. You know, this this idea, and, and when we start, you know, getting too involved in, this is mine, this is, right. I, I'm entitled to this thing or this way we've always done it, yeah. um, then we're, we're not 
seeking God's way. We're seeking our own way. Um, And so, yeah, and and then there is the, you know, are we leaving God the, the space, the... Are we allowing him to work right. when we plant our feet on something like that? Right. And and just remembering, what do I actually deserve? Yeah, right. I deserve hell and judgment. I mm-hmm. deserve it. Yeah. And there is nothing that I can do or say or or scratch my way through to change mm-hmm. that. I mm-hmm. deserve hell and judgment, but I am not getting that because of the grace of God. Right. And so when I remember that, when I mm-hmm. remember what I truly deserve, mm-hmm. then all that entitlement, just right. goes away. And you know, and our own sense of this is how it has to be or you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, it also shows a lack of trust in what God is doing in our lives mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It's you know, it's saying, Well, I know better. My way or the highway. My way is is mm-hmm. and I and your way, God, is uncomfortable for me or I don't I don't like it or it doesn't feel good and um, goodness knows we're going to go through some things that are not going to always feel good, but right. we're told in scripture that God's ways are best every time. And so, um, it, we do need to learn, which I mean, everybody struggles with it, but trust. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. On day four, we learned about being merciful and pure in heart. How are these two blessed qualities related to each other? And can we be one without being the other? Merciful is, um, well, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mm-hmm. And then um, pure in heart is um, seeking God, I guess, or seeing God or being drawn near to him. I, I um, This was a hard one for me, yeah. like how to define that. It's. Mm-hmm. It's not as straightforward. Mercy is, is easy to define, but being pure in heart, and um, it's really just kind of our character mm-hmm. and our attitude towards God. I think it comes so much more easily to some people than it does to others. Though. Right. Because right. I can think of, off the top of my head, some people that I would describe as pure in heart. Right, right. Um, but as far as for myself... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I I do like she she says to go to First John. I think we should read that. Yeah, First John, um, one kind of this is what she says to help you answer the question: What is pure in heart? And mm-hmm. it says, if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in it, us. So, um, you know, looking at that, we can say. Being pure in heart does not mean you're sinless. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sinners. Right. Um, because of Adam's fall, since Adam's fall, mm-hmm. we all have sin. There's no no way around that. But, like, being pure in heart is acknowledging that. Right. Like, I, right. I am a sinner in need of a great Savior. And so, really, that's... And, and I've put here, too, that, I mean, someone whose motives are based on serving and pleasing God, that, mm-hmm. and, and you can't get to that point without realizing how sinful you are. Right. So it, it's, it's in light of how far from where we mm-hmm. need to be 
um, and in in looking at Jesus and His perfection that and we always, see, and, and always checking yeah, our motives, yeah, and that we see that you yeah. know that thankfulness that right. you right. Know, when our when our hearts are in that posture toward Him, yeah. then that is when our motives are going to be pure. Yeah, because I would say we, pure in heart is like the opposite of prideful. Yes, it is. It yeah, is. You know, it is. Um, um, it kind of surprised me that, um, which I know that this kind of the verses are close together, um, but it kind of surprised me that pure in heart was not more closely related to meekness, because yeah. in my mind that that exists mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, but she relates it to mercy, and that's interesting to me. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I, I like um, on page 24 where she deals with this. Um, question seven is, why do you think the pure in heart will see God? Mm-hmm. And um, I think the key to that is that as you are pure in heart seeking what God wants in, in your motives and your desires, you'll begin to notice God working in every situation, that you'll begin to see it doesn't necessarily mean physically, oh, God, you know, I'm in the presence of God, like Moses did. Yeah, yeah. But you'll begin to see him everywhere um, in, in other people. Well, and simply mm-hmm. simply put, the Bible says God draws near to those who draw near to right. him. So as we draw near to him, as we, and, it, it, you know, yeah, like having pure motives and wanting to serve him, that's important. But the more we study God's word mm-hmm. and the more we learn about him, mm-hmm. the more we understand God. And right. that is really the, the right. crutch of it. Right. Is that that having that close, intimate relationship with God does not come just from serving in in Sunday school right. or helping with the Iwana group or serving on a this committee or that committee. Mm-hmm. That that's great. Mm-hmm. And having pure motives to do that is mm-hmm. wonderful. But the intimacy with God comes from his word. Right. And prayer with him and right. spending quality time right. with him. It's why we call it a walk. Mm-hmm. Right. It's why we're walking because he's yeah. with us. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So on, I'm going to jump ahead to question four. It says, what is a peacemaker and how was Jesus... A peacemaker. Well, that's it's an interesting question because uh, you know we say, "How is Jesus a peacemaker?" And my mind always goes, "You know, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword." And <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. "Well, where am I going with that?" Right. Um, I but, do appreciate that she had you look up the dictionary mm-hmm. for a peacemaker, and I'll just read what I wrote. Mm-hmm. I wrote a person who brings peace, specifically reconciling. I also mm-hmm. like these two definitions, that, or not definitions. Mm-hmm. What is it? Thesaurus. The words, what are they? Oh, synonyms. Synonyms, thank mm-hmm. you. My Synonym roles. <laughs> right. So mediator and intercessor. Yes, right. So I think once we like listen right. to all of that definition, right. it does help us to understand. I also think, too, that we need to consider how Jesus is a peacemaker on a very personal level. Mm-hmm. Because in my heart, He has brought peace where there was no peace, where there was only unrest. And it's not just my initial salvation experience. When my heart is in turmoil, 
There is only one source of peace. He is the peacemaker. He makes peace where there was none. Um, but like you said, mm-hmm. that initial salvation, that yeah. reconciliation, right. reconciliation with God mm-hmm. is, is like the ultimate picture of peacemaking. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he did something that we couldn't even mm-hmm. begin to do. And right. He did it for us so that he could bring peace. Right. And and I know, too, you know, this is something that really resonates with me deeply because I struggle with worry and anxiety, Mm -hmm. and I have most of my adult life. For really, I've always been secure. It's just, and I can look back over my life and think I've always been cared for. I've I've always, God has always... Mm -hmm. But he continually has to teach me that lesson and quiet me and still me and make peace in my heart. And I think um, so many people do struggle with that. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're a mom, (laughs) that worry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So what are some practical ways to be practicing peacemaking in your home? church, community, workplace, and country. So she, she listed out all of them in one question, and in our book it's kind of listed out mm-hmm. separately. And, um, you know, I was just, it's, you know, I listed a gazillion things. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like how can, we, how can we practice this in specific ways in our speech and actions to be peacemaking in those areas? Well, I think I think it does relate back to, you know, those motives and desires of our heart. If mm-hmm. we will and, and going back to Aaron's sermon on, you know, us seeking ourselves, not not doing that. Mm-hmm. I think to be peacemakers, to really make that a practice, we have to be thinking about other people, how is this relating to them? And not wanting our own way all the time. We have to um, be willing to give up some ground. Some um, compromise is okay here. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I wrote down was to quiet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because um, I have four kids mm-hmm. at home all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it can be a little bit loud yeah. and chaotic. Yeah. And, and that's fun. That's mm-hmm. like our family, so it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. But there are times that when I remember when things start getting loud or things start getting chaotic, if I can quiet myself before Mm -hmm. I react, Mm -hmm. if I can be slow about reacting, then I can have the right response and I can bring peace. Right. But when I am building off that Mm -hmm. loud chaos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's when I struggle with, with, uh, with being upset and losing my temper and, um, you know, just, Having a peaceful atmosphere is important, and there are times that it's fun to be loud and wild, but sometimes you need to put on some soft music, some worship music, and just have everyone quiet. Um, You know, that's one of the things I was thinking through when I was answering these questions is how do I have a peaceful atmosphere in workplace? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it may be that you can turn on some Christian music or... Right, and, and well, and, you know, so many times in Scripture, we are called to rest. We are called mm-hmm. to be still. We are called to, you know, come, those who are weary and heavy laden, and, and Jesus will give us rest. Mm-hmm. And that is, I think, partially that pause 
to be still and consider who God is. And I think I'm, I'm just looking here at Psalm 46.10. And it says, he says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And he's telling us there, you be still and consider who I am. And then that exalting, that's, that's not quiet. Mm -hmm. But it is peaceful because yeah. it will bring peace upon the earth when all nations bow to God and recognize who he is. I think this is where we have, we have to recognize the fact that being a peacemaker, it doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to speak truth. Right. It just means how you're going to speak truth. Right. Are you going to be abrasive? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, um, there are times that we just need to think about what we say before we say yeah, it. Really. Right, right. <laughs> My mom was right. <laughs> right. Mom, if you're listening, right. you were right. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Miss Riley. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just to wrap it up, we're just going to just kind of, I just want to ask you, Daphne, mm -hmm. what impacted you the most from this week's passage? And, and I'm just going to read through like the passage for this week, um, this, you know, a couple days, but it's, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be satisfied. We didn't even talk about that part, did we? <laughs> Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So as you look at that passage, what has been the most impactful this week? Well, it's interesting that you pointed out that blessed are the those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, because that is, when I was getting ready to come here tonight, and we were going to talk about this, I said to Lainey, I was like, what stands out to you from the Sermon on the Mount? And she said, yeah. blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And I, I think that that is an important thing for us to remember. Mm -hmm. um, God gives you what you seek after. And whether it is seeking after the things that he is concerned with or whether it is seeking after things that are not and bearing out the consequences of that, um, he will give you what you are seeking. You're going to get what you're seeking. Um, so it's in choosing righteousness and we will we find that when we choose righteousness, when we choose his way, yeah. he is so satisfying. One of the most beautiful things, beautiful passages of scripture you just read there. Mm -hmm. That I mean, I read the Beatitudes and I think there is absolutely no way that this could have come from anything but the Holy Spirit. Right. Because it is so beautiful. It is not something that people could have thought up it's on their so own. It's so contrary to what we think to our, too. Yeah, to our common yeah. you know, perception of things. And there's so much wisdom in it. And I just think that you know, if we'll remember that you know, uh, God, when we seek God, we're going to find God. And when we seek his righteousness, we're going to be satisfied yeah. in him. Um, and he wants to give us so much 
to make us happy and blessed right. and, and secure in him. He desires us to be joyful. Yes. And to be, ha I mean, not necessarily happy in the way that we yeah. find happiness. Well, and, you know, but for years we've said this, you know, God doesn't you necessarily want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. Right. And, you know, we're, <laughs> we're know, know. holiness. But, but they walk hand in hand. Yeah. If you are holy, you you're going to be happy. Even in difficult situations. Yes. Yeah. Um, I agree, like mm -hmm. 100%, the mm -hmm. hunger and thirst. And actually, I want to say something Krista said mm -hmm. the other night when Tommy and Jason were talking over this passage on Sunday nights. And mm -hmm. if you're not attending Sunday nights, mm -hmm. the Sunday night talks, they have been excellent so far. But Krista made the comment that when you are starving, when, when like you have not been starved of food or water, after a certain amount of time, your body actually stops giving you the sense of hunger and thirst. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's only when you have eaten mm -hmm. that you can be hungry mm -hmm. or when you've drank something that you can be thirsty. And that is exactly it. That is like when we, we starve ourselves of God's word, mm -hmm. we're no longer hungry for it. Mm -hmm. And that's when you have to fake it till you make it. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you have to make yourself read it. Yeah. But once you start reading the Bible, mm -hmm. once you start studying God's word and, and dwelling with him, then he gives you a hunger for it. Mm -hmm. And that's when you thirst after righteousness. Right. That's when you want to do what's right. And you mm -hmm. want to be broken over your sins. And you want to be pure in heart. Right. And you want to have all of these aspects that, that God is that Jesus is talking about, that he's right. teaching in this these Beatitudes. But mm -hmm. um, I just thought that was so, for me, when she said that, I just was like, wow, that's so true. Because mm -hmm. it is exactly right. There have been times, there have been seasons when, I haven't read my Bible like I should, mm -hmm. and it's hard to get back into it. Mm -hmm. It really is. But once I start that habit over again, right. then God really does give you a thirst for it. Right, right. So, well, we're going to close out for today. I know it was a little longer than last week, but um, we hope you're encouraged. We hope that you got something out of this discussion and um, that you will take time to watch week two's video on yes. Jen's teaching. I know you're going to take lots of notes. It's really good. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this discussion. Thank you for Daphne and her insight and how she's taught me, even in this discussion that we've had. God, I pray that you would use this Bible study so that we can um, hunger and thirst after you more, that we can dwell with you. We can be women of the word. Lord, I pray that you would bless the women of Dublin First Baptist, especially those who are taking the time to just um, learn more about you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be um, faithful to you and to love you and that the study would um, change us to be more like you. In your precious and holy name I pray, amen.